Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, as always, it's Gator. And and we have a special guest with us today. We have Barry Stein from the Cigar Authority. How are you, Barry? Uh, alive. That's good. I guess a good thing, right? <laughs> That's good. Barry, I have one thing to say to you, brother. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get the game on. All right, all right. So Game on. So, first of all, before we even get going, we are doing this via Skype, so we're, we're watching Barry here, and I'm jealous because, uh, and it's funny, because he said he's jealous of us sitting outdoors. We're jealous that you're sitting indoors and having your cigar, considering I get kicked out of the house if I even think about having my cigar inside. Same here. So the only time I'm the only time I'm allowed to smoke a cigar in the house is if I tell my wife I'm going to be on a podcast. <laughs> then she goes, All right, you have to smoke. It would kind of look stupid if you didn't have a cigar. Uh huh. But it's a podcast, so nobody can really see me. But we won't tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. That's you know? awesome. That's awesome. Well, today we're going to be smoking the Padron 1926 Siri Number Six Natural in the Robusto. It's a Four and three quarter by fifty, the wrapper and well, wrapper binder and filler are Nicaraguan. So I guess it's a Nicaraguan puro. There you go. So this was Barry's choice, and it was a great choice, my friend. I really choice. appreciate it. Been on a been on a Padron kick lately, so you know why not continue that kick? There you go. There you go. So with that, we're going to go ahead and cut the cigar, and the uh, cutting of the cigar is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Now, Dan Ponder over at Riverman, he continues to deal with uh, all of the various COVID shutdown regulations and everything, but he's doing curbside, he's doing to-go, so you can pull up and, uh, you know, get it get it in your car, you can walk inside. If you go inside, he has very set rules about how you got to do it. You know, he's got the hand sanitizer, they go and get the cigars out of the humidor and everything Yeah, they're for wearing you. gloves, no one's touching the sticks. Yeah, yeah, he's got the sneeze guard up at the counter and everything, but... Uh, one person at a time in the shop and everything. So he's got very set rules, but it's okay. And he also does mail order. So if you are someplace that you don't have a brick and mortar, um, maybe you live someplace where your brick and mortar just decided just to shut down and not do anything during all this or whatever, give Dan over at Riverman Cigar Company a call. He's a great guy. And it's a good way for you to support a small business during all of this uh, COVID shutdown and uh, help a guy out. And he's a great guy to help out. Precisely. So, so, yeah, just good people. So reach out to Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And so with that, we're going to cut the cigar. And yes, Barry, we kind of sort of blatantly <laughs> ripped that off of Dave. <laughs> yeah, it kind of had this uh, familiar feel to it. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> so we, we are big fans of the show. And uh, you guys just awesome. do an absolutely great job yeah. there. So, and I have said from the beginning that so so let me let me back up. Jeff introduced me to cigars in July of 2018. We were out in Las Vegas, and we were inside Caesar's Palace, and we come across the Monte Cristo, you know, location there in Caesar's, and he uh, he wanted some cigars, and so I went in there, and just the ambiance of the room and you know, all the cigars and, and the nice humidor and admittedly the very pretty Russian lady working the humidor, you know, I decided I'm going to go ahead and buy a couple. And so we didn't smoke them there for whatever reason. We came back to St. Louis and we, we lit them up here. because I was high as a kite. That's 
Right. He <laughs> he discovered the legal pot out there too. But um, but anyway, so we came back and the monkey just pretty much firmly implanted itself onto my back, and that was the end of that. But um, from there, I, I like to learn as much as I can when I get into something. When I get into something, I like to I know more about it. And so your podcast, the the Cigar Authority, definitely came across pretty early in the in the process, and was a very big uh, uh, education tool for me. But then also, obviously, an influence when we decided that we were going to start doing our own little goofy show. So absolutely, anyway. Awesome. So you learned the most important part by not putting the lid end in your mouth. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I haven't done that yet. I so had to exactly. work on that with him for a little bit, but he's come around. I, so. You know, I figured that out pretty quick. Now, Barry, we do a thing here. Oh, we, God. We, we do our cold draw, but I've also patented the uh, Gator Retro Cold Draw. So we'll do a cold the draw. The Retro Hail. The Retro the, Hail, the, yeah. The Cold Retro the cold Hail retro. is what he calls it. Basically, he smells the cigar. <laughs> it works. I'm saying. It does. I, I do it, too. It works. There you go. You, Wait. I, I, whoa. Whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa. Look at now, that. It is the Gator, the gator Hail. Oh, oh, the gator. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, okay, let's give it a shot. Oh, God. See, I feel this intense pressure of the flavor notes considering we have Barry here. Yeah. You know, it's like before I can kind of wing it, but now it's like I got somebody who actually knows what he's doing. <laughs> Although the, the, key is to have, the key is to have a thesaurus handy. There you go. Mm, so, okay. Barry, let me ask you, what did you get on the cold retro, or I'm sorry, the cold draw and or cold retro on the cigar? I, you know what? I, I've smoked it a hundred times before. I didn't do it this time, but if memory serves me correctly, uh, it's a little bit of a, a cocoa mocha cedar. I was going to say cedar. I'm getting the cedar, yeah. yeah. I'm not getting the cocoa or, yeah. Are know. you? I'm getting the cedar. Let me do the cold retro. I'm definitely getting the cedar. Ooh, you can really taste the cedar on the retro. Try that. God, I hate it. you and this cold retro. All right, Cedar. You did so, get it, didn't you? All right. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> he never and wants to admit it. No, I don't want to admit it, but I'm going to light up my cigar now. There you go. So. Oh. So what are you drinking there? I see you have a drink there as well. Uh, I have uh, my Flor de Cana seven-year-old rum, mm. uh, which is their base rum. They have seven, 12, and 18 I don't see enough of a difference between the seven and the twelve to warrant the extra fifteen dollars a bottle. Yeah, and I flat out, I flat out hate the eighteen-year-old. Mm. Um, so I stick with the seven. What is it about the eighteen that it, uh, turns you off? It's sweet. Um, you know, when I originally got into drinking rums, I drank a lot of Ron Zacapa, and Zacapa has this this very uh, significant vanilla caramel sweetness. That I eventually got tired of, and I moved to scotch. But a bottle of scotch, the good scotches, are double the price of rum. And I was like, I can't afford to keep buying a bottle every week. Uh, so I went. Somebody told me to try Floyd the Kanye Seven. I believe it was Skip Martin from Romacraft, and I picked it up, and it didn't have that typical sipping rum sweetness. Uh, it was more of a bourbon. Um, there was a similarity to bourbon mm. on the Ford de Kanye with enough of that bite similar to a, like a Glenfiddich scotch. Okay. So it just became a drink of choice. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, I know you talk about various rums and stuff on the show a lot. Yeah, I like it when we drink on the show, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't, don't want Jonathan get... getting naked, though. Oh, uh, no, that, I'm still scarred for life. <laughs> <laughs> I just did my naked gardening photo a uh, week or so back. And... Oh, we'll get into that. Oh, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, no, that's we've had some questions about that. But, yeah, every Sunday um, it's, it's a glass of two or three or a bottle of rum and a couple of cigars and... It's that time of year again. So Yeah, no, that sounds like a nice Sunday. Now, before we started recording, you were saying that it's getting pretty cold up there. But So how do you guys handle, like, smoking when it's, like, that bitter cold? Because, you know, here, I mean, in St. Louis, we get cold, but it's maybe, like, a month, I'd say, that, that it's just stupid cold here. You know, January sucks pretty bad here yeah. in St. Louis. But, but you We know. had a nasty streak, though, back in, what, November, December, where it got really cold really fast. Yeah. But, like, you guys, Buzz, it seems like you're cold all the damn time. As you know, the guy that, that you know, I'm part of the Cigar Authority. Uh, it's yeah. not really mine. It belongs to David Garofalo, who has three retail stores in New Hampshire, two guys smoke shop. And in the cold months from, you know, November, you know, if we're lucky enough to have a warm October. So from, like, November to April, May, business is almost half of what it is in the summer. Okay, so it's definitely more seasonal, more seasonal out here, uh, especially you know with golf season, um, barbecues. People are smoking much more. I mean, in Florida, in Florida it was weird because you know, like Miami's the cigar capital of the world, but yeah, I don't, I didn't know anybody who bought boxes of cigars in Miami. You know, it was always I'll just go into the store, or I'll grab two or three cigars, disappear, come back two or three days. And we were talking to, about this before we went on the show, how regional cigars could be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, up here in New England, it's, you know, I notice it's more about the boxes, especially in the summer. So it's, it's a seasonal thing to a degree up here. Interesting. Well, what are your initial thoughts on the cigar, Jeff? Um, I mean, it's, it's your own. It's a good stick. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a good cigar. I mean, I... I love the fact that you're smoking a box press. Nick Nick hates box presses, Barry. I will admit, I'm I'm my preference is the round cigars. See, I find the the flavors on a box press cigar to be more intensified. That's what you I'm know, talking think about. A, think of a Cuban sandwich. I mean, you take all the ingredients to the Cuban sandwich and you press it. It's more intensified. But if you don't press it, certain things get lost in the sandwich. Yeah, and I've, the cigar, the press, box press cigars, the same way by pressing it you're forcing the tobaccos to marry quicker and you're getting more flavor i mean i could see that and 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 i'm not saying that there's not a a um uh benefit to doing the box press you know and everything for me it's just the awkwardness as i'm smoking it more than anything it's and and this is where jeff makes his typical joke about oh i'm i'm not gonna go there oh okay all right anyway (laughs) Normally, he would make his very, you know, homoerotic joke at my you, expense. You prefer but... to put round things in your mouth. Exactly. Damn it. He made the yes. joke. <laughs> High five to we're Barry. I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> oh, no. This is, no. We're, we're yeah. open and inviting here. And, and that was totally unset up. He just totally did that. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, I mean, so, yeah. Okay. I mean, you guys listen to the Cigar Authority. You know, I got Jonathan next to me. That's, oh, I'm that's, no, that's true. If anybody's going to be making a quick homoerotic joke at someone else's expense, I know it's you, so. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I've always liked the box presses, but Barry crystallized my thoughts eloquently. 
on putting it together and pressing it together and extracting flavor. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just I just have to say thanks. Love it. And it was at Nick's expense, so that's even better. There you go. Yeah. I just did a retro hail. I can see that. There, there's some pepper on the retro hail. I did one and coughed a little bit earlier, but you guys were talking, so I didn't want to interrupt. But, yeah, there's pepper there. Is Barry going to argue with me? There's a little bit of white pepper. Yeah. From, uh, espresso. Yeah. And uh, after that, that, that initial burn from the pepper fades, that cedar is there as well. Yeah, it is. Yep. No, One no. of my favorite flavor notes, and I can't remember the cigar I got it from, but it was chiclets and cantaloupe. <laughs> and <laughs> he, yeah. So, all right. Th- th- I have I have some questions I wanted to get to, and obviously one of them, uh, I-, I have to ask. Aside from Chinese pea pods, what is the most off the wall flavor note that you've heard out of Mister Jonathan? Uh, there's same say he's like said, um, have you ever had an Oreo cookie and not that he an Oreo cookie, but he always does so obscure, like if you ever had the Oreo cookie, you took the Oreo out of the tray, then you took the cookie and you turned it open. So you had one cookie with the cream, the other cookie with no cream, but you throw out both cookies and then you lift the tray. That's the thing. <laughs> <I'm doing. laughs> so he does he does stuff like that all the time and I'm just like, What the f- <laughs> oh no! You, on the show? you could say fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Knock yourself right. out. I like what the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> what did you put in your cigar? <laughs> so, I ask Nick that a lot. It's, 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 is he yeah. is he being serious? Is he being serious about this, or is he doing it just to screw with everybody? I I think the taste he's getting is serious. But he goes about it in a roundabout way just to screw people. Okay. Okay. So, like, if you have Swiss Miss, you empty out the Swiss Miss from the, from the packet, and then you tear the packet open and you lick the packet. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting that cocoa with a little bit of venom, I guess. But he just has to do it in a roundabout way. I get you. Which is good. It's for two hours, so we need to stretch the show somehow, right? <laughs> now, now, you guys, as a rule, do two cigars on your show. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, we do, yeah, two hours. So we do one cigar for yep. the first hour and then a second cigar for the second hour. Yeah, there you go. So so now, prior to you being on the Cigar Authority, you've done some other things in life. And one of the things you were mentioning earlier, I think you've done some investigative work. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, so I bought into a cigar shop in 1998. And the person I became a business partner with was a retired New York City detective who was also one of the lead investigators for the TV show America's Most Wanted. And uh, he needed somebody to do some of his research. Uh, so he brought me into the show to do a lot of the research for the cold cases he was doing. Hmm. And then uh, from there, when the show went off the air, uh, started his own investigation firm in New York, where I continued to do a lot of the investigative uh, computer uh, research for the cases we were doing. Uh, some undercover work in a couple of different cases. I've been on a couple of different TV shows. And um, we also had a, a contract with Homeland Security uh, doing some uh, stuff at the various ports, uh, be it Newark, New York, uh, Philadelphia, Baltimore. Uh, so while I was doing that, I realized I missed cigars. And I started writing for uh, a magazine. I believe it was called... Uh, might have just been called Cigar, and it was a European publication where they would take my articles and they would translate them 
uh, into the native language of the magazine, which I want to say was German, uh, but it's so long ago, I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate. And at the same time, I started blogging for a site I used to run. Um, it's still there. Somebody else has, owns it. Really don't want to mention it because I don't like the guy, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm not a big fan of Nick's either. So. Was, okay. <laughs> and uh, why I was doing that, Miami Cigar uh, asked me if I wanted to work for them doing marketing. So I wound up driving down to Miami and leaving New York City, which was home for 42 years, uh, 41, 42 years. And uh, I wound up working in Miami. For about four and a half, five years, started getting a little bit of home, a little homesick, and uh, things were changing in Miami. Um, they, they were trying to change the face of the company. I want to say they were trying to make it younger, but they weren't really trying to make it younger. Anyway, it just wound up going in different directions, and it was an amicable split. Uh, I still remain close to those guys, talk to them on a regular basis. Uh, but I came back up to the Northeast where I wound up at you guys smoke shop and became a cast member of the cigar authority. So during your time at, at Miami cigars, um, obviously you got to know, and are, are good friends with Nestor Miranda. He seems yes, like uh, just an incredible personality. Yeah. It, uh, WYSIWYG, uh, what you see is what you get. I mean, is <laughs> no fake, there's no fake persona. Um, it, the person you see at the events or on a video is the real Nesta Miranda. It's just, it's the way he acts all the time. It's the way he carries himself all the time. He is the, to me, the most interesting man in the cigar business. And they actually did that in marketing uh, as well. Until Dos Equis told us that we had to stop it. <laughs> they owned the most interesting man trademark. That's funny. So that's funny. So but, yeah, very passionate about cigars too. That's awesome. Now, up at Two Guys, what is your role there? I believe you handle a lot of the online uh, sales and stuff, correct? Yeah, I, I, my business card says director of digital media. Um, <laughs> Dave's like, you know, Dave's like, we're going to make some business cards up for you. I was like, cool. He goes, uh, all right, we got to come up with something to put on the card. I was like, director of digital media. He goes, all right, that works. <laughs> Uh, so that's what it says on the card. I do a lot of the graphics for the Cigar Authority shows. I do a lot of the graphics uh, for twoguyscigars.com. And I do a lot of our Facebook stuff. Um, basically anything uh, graphical, uh, graphics-wise or cigar-related, you know, I answer the phone at mail order, one 4272 Yeah, 4-2-7-2. <laughs> and uh, what you... Yeah, one eight one triple eight two cigar two. Okay, so two two four four two seven two. It's only said that ten times now. Playing <laughs> advertisement, right? Uh, you might as I, well. But I answer, I answer the phone there, and uh, I, I do a lot of the uh, online sales, and uh, just uh, I'm a I'm a small cog in a big wheel. Yeah, um, it sounds like quite an operation up there. It is. I mean, uh, our our natural location where we do the mail order. It probably has the largest walking uh, humidor I've ever seen, but it's not your typical walking humidor with the singles. It's uh, it's all the boxes, it's all the inventory for our three stores, and it is the largest in-store inventory I've seen of any cigar store I've been in the country. Wow! So, uh, I mean, if you're looking for it and it's an item we regularly carry, chances are it's always going to be in stock. Well, and you guys have a lot of. Um... A lot of, lot of, for lack of a better term, house brands 
you know, it seems like a lot of cigars that are exclusive to you guys and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a percentage of, of of our regular product mix that are um, part of the United Cigar uh, Group, uh, which is a company that was started for uh, started by Dave. Um, a lot of the cigars have similarities to some of the uh, big companies out there um, that really weren't friendly toward brick and mortar uh, retailers. Okay, um, so he created this whole line to help the brick and mortar retailer and. The cigars actually help the consumer, too, because there are cigars with similar flavor profiles to some of your uh, very popular brand name cigars at a fraction of the price. Gotcha. You know, I won't do any of the comparisons here. I don't want to hurt one company. Yeah. But, you know, you, you look you, – you look. I'll mention some of like Dave's house brands. Like if you look at uh, – like he has a cigar called Florida Rain. And if you look at the band on it, the band is very similar to a well-known brand out there. It has – almost an identical flavor profile, but it's a fraction of the cost. Okay. Okay. So, you know, yeah, you know, back in the day, JR, JR used to have the JR alternatives. It's, 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 it's somewhat similar to that. Um, it's worth taking a gimbal on is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, if it's a fraction of the cost, then, you know, you give it a try and see if you like it and everything else and you yeah. just kind of move on. So, very cool. Yeah, a lot of people sometimes a lot of people sometimes will look at a house brand and they'll think it's an inferior product or it's a it's a it's a cheaper product with lesser materials in it. Uh, but with the two guys house brands, I, I can legitimately say that's not the case. If I stopped working for Dave tomorrow, there are a few of them that I would continue to smoke on a regular basis. Very cool. So going back to your time as a uh, uh, partner in the cigar shop. So what were some of the highlights and whatnot that you experienced during that? And maybe at the same time, some of the, not, not low light, but maybe difficulties. That challenges. You made, challenges that maybe you came across with that. So, this, so the cigar store we had in New York was 450 square feet. It was small. So it's small, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was an area of Brooklyn that had a uh, heavy Italian population. So half of the community thought it was just a front for mob activity. Mm. And the other half of the people thought it was a legit cigar store. Matter of fact, the Brooklyn DA, uh, he would get off an express bus on the corner of our shop, cross the street, walk over, and then cross back because he never wanted to be photographed in front of the store. <laughs> even, the, even, the, even the DA thought that the cigar store wasn't a cigar store. Oh my. So that was like the biggest challenge in the beginning. I mean, it was, it was owned by two retired detectives and me. Yeah. So... It was totally the opposite of what people thought. So that was our biggest, our biggest issue. And having people, you know, come in and see the volume we were doing in such a small store, they were, you know, skeptical if we were a legit cigar shop because it was so small. We were doing so much volume. So getting the trust of the manufacturers was always an easy, uh, always a not an easy issue. Yeah, um, they would just we look at the shop and, you know, if you looked at the people hanging out there, you it kind of looked like a bunch of wise guys. Okay. So that that was that was one of the biggest challenges for us. Gotcha, gotcha. So so how did you get into cigars like to begin with though? Cuz obviously, you know, you don't go from not being a cigar smoker and then all of a sudden you're like a partner in a cigar shop and and everything. How did you get into yes. cigars to begin with? So I was a two pack a day cigarette smoker and I wound up getting pneumonia and I quit smoking cigarettes cold turkey. Yeah. And uh 
I had a knee injury and I was, while I was rehabbing my knee, I was working in my friend's video store, which was around the corner from a cigar shop. And every day this kid that would walk by and coincidentally enough, his nickname was Spider. And if you ever saw the movie Goodfellas, you would understand why he was <laughs> called Spider. So which ties into the whole aspect of people didn't know what to make of that cigar shop. But he used to say, we would talk and he was like, why don't you come to the cigar shop? So I went there one night and the Yankees were on. And I started spitting out Yankee stats. And the old, and I went to leave, and the owner's like, where are you going? The game's not over. You're not leaving. Not knowing what the shop was, I was like, all right, I guess I'm not leaving. Yeah. It's like a bond's tail. Yeah. I can't leave. <laughs> so I just felt that was I just felt like, all right, I'm going to stay. And then I wound up liking the place, and it was originally three cops. And one of the cops was retiring to Florida, and he was selling his share. The other two cops were like, "Why don't you just buy his share?" So I bought his share and became a cigar shop owner. Very cool. So then, um, do you and eventually two of us bought out the third partner? It was just two of us eventually. Gotcha. So, do you remember what your first cigar was then? First cigar was a, a Macanudo Robust, uh, a cigar that wasn't that's not made anymore. It was a Macanudo that had an R in the center of the band. Uh, came in a uh, forest green tube. I uh, remember not really liking it. And when I tried to leave, uh, the owner, uh, one of the partners, uh, gave me a Padron. So my first real cigar was a Padron 2000. Okay, okay. Mine, mine was a Swisher Sweet. <laughs> we have similar stories. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's quite accurate, but, you know, that's okay. So then when did you join the Cigar Authority then? So I was a guest on the Cigar Authority when I was still partners in that cigar shop in New York City. Uh, it's now 10 years old, so it's 2020, so 2010. Uh, so somewhere maybe around 2011 or so, I was a guest on the show. Okay. Um, he was doing rotating various cigar bloggers, and I... According to him, I held my own. I was the only cigar blogger that was willing to talk. <laughs> you know, I, no knock on my fellow cigar bloggers, but they, they used to writing. They're not used to, you know, it was the age of this digital media, this this podcasting, vodcasting really wasn't a form yet. So, you know, now you have other guys like Coop and all that that do stuff like this as well. So yeah. they've changed over the years. Uh, but back then when it was still both basically just blogging, Nobody really was speaking, so it clicked. And then when I came up looking for a job in New Hampshire, um, I had a job in Connecticut that fell through, and uh, somebody told me to reach out to David Garofalo over two guys, so I reached out to him, drove up to Connecticut, wound up having a cigar with him, and he brought up, you know, you were a guest on the Cigar Authority. I had totally forgotten about it. Yeah. Uh, so he... He, he, he hired me on the spot like 20 minutes into the interview. I moved from Connecticut to New Hampshire, and then maybe two or three weeks after that, I was a regular on the Cigar Authority. So this Father's Day will be my fifth year, so we're talking five years ago. Very cool. Very cool. So then um, what has been, uh, during your time on the podcast then, what's the what's the thing that stands out the most to you in terms of like, your number one moment. Uh, it, so I wound up meeting my wife when I moved up here, and That's a pretty uh, good number one moment. I 
So uh, just to show you the type of guy David Garofalo is, well, uh, when I worked at Miami Cigar, I had my own cigar line called Kilo. And uh, when I left Miami Cigar, Miami Cigar sold me the trademark for $1. It was like a trading place moment oh, wow. where I gave him the dollar bill. And uh, so when I'm up here, Dave's like, why don't we start Kilo? So we started Kilo. I worked with a, a factory down in Nicaragua. And about eight or nine months into it, a vape company came out with Kilo e-liquid. So I reached out to my lawyer, reached out to me and I said, you know what? FDA's rolling through. See if they'll buy it. They'll, they wound up making an offer for it. I went to Dave and I said, look, you know, FDA comes through. This might be a brand that we may never be able to keep. Um, we could sell the brand name Kilo. I mean, I'll still have the blend. It can come out as something else somewhere down the road if this FDA thing ever went away. And uh, this is what they offered. I'll split it with you 50-50. And he's like, nah, you know, I, I'm, I'm making the money on the cigars. You use that money and you get married. You know, he knew I was going to propose to my wife. So he basically told me keep all that money for the wedding. So it paid for, you know, the wedding rings, the, the, the wedding itself, the two-week honeymoon and all that jazz. So right after I proposed to my wife, he jokingly said, oh, we should broadcast this show from your wedding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know how my wife will feel about that. Yeah. And my wife was all for it. She's like, we're going to do it. Meanwhile, Dave goes home and tells his wife. And his wife starts yelling at him, how could you do this? It's her <laughs> special day. What the hell is wrong with you? So the next Saturday, the show, I, I come and my wife comes with me. And Dave starts profusely apologizing that I should have never suggested it. Yeah, it's your day. And she's like, no, what are you, crazy? This is the greatest idea ever. <laughs> so we began, for, we began looking for venues that would allow cigar smoking that had Wi-Fi so we could broadcast the show from the wedding. That's awesome. Wound up doing it in my brother-in-law's backyard, but we broadcasted from the wedding. The show ended at 2, and at 2.20, we set our house. That's awesome. So for me, that That's really cool. For me, that was the best ever. Wow. Yeah. So, no. I mean, it was, you know, so if you look at it, if Dave didn't invite me to work in New Hampshire and went to met my wife, if Dave wasn't so generous with the brand name Kilo, I wouldn't have been able to afford a wedding at least that quick. Mm -hmm. So everything fell into place. So I guess the greatest memory is how everything happened for a reason. That's awesome. That is. That's really nice, actually. Uh, so, so what are we getting on the cigar? Okay, we've been, we've been going for a little let's, while, and we've been smoking. Let's let so. the guest go first. You just want no, to cheat. I am exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I am. Get, I am getting a definitive espresso note on the front end. On the back end, I'm getting a little bit of chocolate, so it's creating a mocha-like experience. Um, there is a hint of caramel at the, like lingering well after the puff. The puff is let go, and the retrohale is still front-loaded with pepper, but finishes off with cedar. Boy, his palate's so much better than mine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm getting the coffee. I'm getting the cedar. I, everything in between, I'm kind of missing out on. So yeah. Yeah, I could, I, I, I would agree with you. Coffee yeah. and cedar, yeah, so, but that's okay. We've, so, ne we've never professed to be experts no, on this show. Oh, no, anyone that listens knows better. Yeah. Um. So at least you're not saying you know tea berry gum. Oh no, tea berry gum is one of my go tos. But it's not on this. <laughs> not on this cigar. No. Uh -oh. Although it does have that cedar. You know, you get that wintergreen and all that. Oh lord. So Barry, let me ask you this. Um. Yeah. 
you've been doing the. How long have you been on the Cigar Authority? How we, many years we, have you? We covered that five. Okay, okay. I don't <laughs> yeah, listen while he, we're broadcasting. Five. He doesn't listen. Too That's well. all right. I do. I do a podcast for two hours, and I don't listen half the time. And Dave will go Barry, and I'm like, Wait, what? It's like the teacher calling on you. you I've been paying attention. I've oh, been cool. sitting over here he taking has, pictures of my cigar, you, and I've just wandered off. He. I mean. Yeah, Nick knows. <laughs> I don't. So, well, let me ask you this: uh, of that time, you've been able to smoke a lot of cigars. What are what would be like your top five? Like, what's in your humidor? What are your go-to sticks? Uh, my number one, if, if money wasn't an object, my number one cigar is Atabeh. Uh It's selected tobacco. It's owned by Nelson Alfonso. He does a lot of the uh, the design for Habanos down in Cuba. Um, uh, Atabase, his brand, it actually ties into Cohiba because the circle that the Taino Indians were sitting was called the Cohiba. They would pray to the leader of their tribe, who was the Bahiki, and the Bahiki would offer those prayers to the goddess Atabay. So it's like the holy oh. trinity of cigars. Uh, if money was no objects, because, you know, they, they start at 15 for a little 4x44, roughly 4x44, might be 46, uh, and they go all the way up to... I believe there's a, a, a seven or an eight by fifty six, but you know they go from fifteen up to forty dollars, so it's it's not a cheap date. Yeah, if I could, if I could afford it, that's honestly probably ninety percent of what I would smoke. But obviously, I can't afford to do that. Uh, my other four favorite cigars would be uh, Nesta Miranda Special Selection. Um, that cigar just came back out, and in my opinion, it's better than the original. And that one also um, just got price. got your Cigar of the Year from Cigar Authority, right? Yeah, you know, we do a contenders pack every year in, in uh, around Thanksgiving, and there's anywhere from six to nine cigars that are in this contenders pack. And everybody who buys it gets a vote, and uh, the, the people who buy it in the stores get a vote. Uh, based upon you know where they rank in sales, it gets a, a vote, and all the employees get a vote. And the Nesta Miranda won this year. It actually won across the board. It got the the customer dollar. It got the customer vote. It got the employee vote, um, and it was the hands down cigar of the year. Uh, I probably smoke that more than anything else. Although it comes at my number two cigar. Once again, dollar amount. Uh, I've been really big into HVC stuff lately, which is made at Aganorsa. Um, Ryan and Lorenzo is the guy that owns that brand. I've been smoking the HVC Broadleaf. Um, love the Aladino Corojo Reserva. Oh yeah, we uh, we had yeah, Husto yeah, on the show Husto and we Corolla. smoked that. Yeah, I mean that's a fantastic cigar. Yeah, I'm looking forward to his Cameroon, which uh, I believe as soon as the uh, they start shipping out of Honduras again, it'll start making an appearance. So we're probably talking about a month away. Yeah, I think it's tra- you're uh, right. It's so trapped. But have you had one though? Yeah, I've had one. I had I, one from the rep, and uh, I had one when Husto was up here last fall. He gave us a, a sample without a band on it. Yeah, uh, it's it a changed great, a little bit from that. Changed for the better. Great stick. I uh, so uh, you heard earlier the uh, the the shop that sponsors the cut uh, Riverman Cigar Company. Uh, the owner of that shop, Dan, he was fortunate enough to go down to the JRE farm earlier this year before all the COVID stuff kind of kicked in and everything, and so he brought back. Uh, a couple of those Cameroon uh, sticks, and he and he gave me one, and it, it was a phenomenal cigar. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah, it's Cameroon grown in Honduras, which is different. Yeah, so it, but it has that Cameroon sweetness. Yeah, and then the fifth cigar, and the fifth cigar changes. Like you know, I've been on a Padron kick lately, so you know, Padron would fall in there now. But if you ask me, if you ask me in two weeks, it might be something else. If you asked me two weeks ago, uh, I was really big into the Tatuaje Reservas. Uh, I went through a couple boxes of those, like over a period of four, six, four to six weeks. Uh, but I've since gotten off of them. So my fifth cigar was constantly changing. Gotcha. Now, we've talked a lot on the show about COVID and the impact on the cigar stuff. And I know you guys recently just talked about that on your show. But what I want to talk about, like, so so big picture, not getting into the nitty gritty and everything. But how do you see this impacting not just the cigar industry, like on the manufacturer side, but also from the retailer side, because I know my, you know, we've been very concerned about the brick and mortars and, and, you know, if everyone's going to make it through this and all that. And I, and I guess I'm just trying to get an idea of what, what your opinion is on what you think the lay of the land is going to look like. So if you look on social media, everybody on social media is crying hoax. This is fake. It should end. That's one belief. Then there's another belief. If you look at ABC news, they just did a poll that 62% of the people think the ending of the stay at home is happening too fast. So there's two different schools of thought. Definitely. I'm not saying which side, which side I fall on. I understand both arguments. The biggest issue that that is, if that 62% on that ABC number is legitimate, it's going to take even once like, you know, Monday, our stores are going to open up again here in New Hampshire. Uh, not the lounge, but people will be able to come in. They'll be able to buy cigars up until now. It's been curbside pickup. Mm hmm. But there's going to be a major majority of people, you know, it might be 20%, it might be 62%, that are going to be scared to come out. Precisely. So so I think I can relate to it better than, than some people having lived in New York during 9-11. And it took a long time for people to feel comfortable going back into lower Manhattan. It took probably about four months for the traffic to lower Manhattan to get back to a level that was similar to pre 9-11. And then it probably took about a year before people started going on with their life. Not like nothing happened, but it became a memory and people realized it's time to move on. Yeah. So I think in the beginning, it's going to be very, very slow, no matter what the government does or no matter what your belief is. There's going to be a segment of the population that's going to be very hesitant. So retailers didn't just have to survive the six-week shutdown. They're going to have to survive this six-month mentality change of the consumer. That's a you know, good point. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the stores to go to be open, but I'm in no rush to go out to dinner. Yeah. So if you look at a restaurant, it's going to be a while before they get back to any sense of normalcy. So the 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 instant impact was it hurt a lot of cigars, but I think the, uh, a lot of cigar stores, cigar manufacturers, but the long term impact is going to do more damage than the short term impact did. Okay, that's my thought. So on on the manufacturing side, you know, with all these factories shut down in Honduras and Nicaragua and Dominican and everywhere else, and then you know, obviously the shipping delayed and everything like that. I mean, there's bound to be some supply chain slowdowns. See, 
you would think, and, and I know Dave believes that will be the case, and some manufacturers believe that to be the case, but I'm thinking it's not going to be as bad as we think it might be, and my thought process behind that is if it takes four to six months for people to start returning to their normal routine, oh, the factories that are point. reopening will have that four to six months to play catch-up. That's a valid so if point. Consumption is, if consumption's down for four to six months, by the time it comes back to what it was pre-COVID shutdown, the supply chain will be refilled. So that that's my thought. I don't think it's going to be as bad as some people think it's going to be. And I'm not discrediting anybody that thinks it's going to be that bad. Yeah. This is just my personal belief. That's a valid point. I mean, and obviously not every manufacturer, it's not a one size fits all to where we can say everybody's going to have the same problems, but that, right. that, that, that's, that is a valid point. A question I have to follow up on, and I don't know this, Nick may, and obviously Barry, I'm looking to you for the answer here. If you know, has this affected the farms in any way? Are they still able to produce the tobacco, or are we losing a season of tobacco through this? Well, the, the, the tobacco that was grown this year was harvested uh, before the shutdown. Okay. Um, some of the stuff might have still been in curing barns, uh, but I know the farms were able to continue um, that process of the tobacco, you know, turning it, pulling it out of the barns, getting ready for the peel, going to the pilons. Even though some factories shut down, they still maintained a very minimal um, workforce in the factories just to keep the product turned and moving um, so it wouldn't be wasted tobacco. Okay. I'm not there firsthand, so I don't know if they had enough of a workforce to do all the proper steps or if there will be a loss. If there is a loss, that will affect the cigar industry in two years because it stays in the pilons for a long time before yeah. it's ready to get put into a cigar. So if the COVID aspect created a problem um, in, in the terms of tr tobacco procurement and, and, and all the steps getting it ready to go into a cigar, that won't be felt for a couple of years. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and then so the other topic that I want to touch on that we've talked a lot about is FDA. Now, I know that they have pushed back uh, the date for uh, standard equivalents to September. How do you feel that is going to, and again, big picture, you know, I know a lot of these companies have already gotten their ducks in a row and everything else, but like before it's all said and done, how do you think that FDA and the standard equivalence is going to impact what people see in their humidors at their cigar shops? I mean, I, well, from my perspective, I, I, boutiques are probably going to be a bit of an issue. I believe so, especially a really, really small boutique that doesn't have the money to pay for the substantial equivalents. But if you look at the FDA, the FDA was actually part of a joint lawsuit with the tobacco industry wanting to push substantial equivalents back to 2021. Yes. But the people that fought against it was like, you know, the American Pediatric Society um, not wanting the FDA to do this. Well, this week, an appeals court uh, ruled against uh, the cigar industry and ruled against the FDA that they couldn't back, push it back to 2021. The fact is there's nothing in place to really do a substantial equivalence test. They, they don't have any of that figured out yet. So how are they going to do it? They might just have to wash their hands of this and say, all right, we're not going to regulate cigars. I mean, that's still a hope. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's the Hail Mary. And I you don't know if it's, it's the best happen, case scenario, but, but yeah. Yeah, but, you know, best case scenario very rarely happens. 
you know, you, you would like to think a, a person like Skip Martin would be a right because he was financially okay before he got into the cigar business, so maybe he'd be able to afford all this substantial influence. But then if you look at a really, really small company, um, you know, you, you mentioned Martinez Cigars early. Martinez Cigars yeah. happens to be a sponsor of your of your, your your podcast. Yeah. And they've had brands out for a long time, but they're a very small company. Will they be able to afford to pay for any of the substantial equivalents on the newer stuff they came out with? Yeah. Probably not. So, yeah, there are brands that are going to disappear, but there are brands that will survive. Um, there's ways around it. Uh, I mean, you, you take an old brand and, and you, you know, it, it's tobacco, um, water, and the, uh, the stuff that's used to help to hold the cigar together, which is basically pectin, yeah. which is made from a vegetable. Yeah. So, you know, if every, if every cigar utilizes the same ingredients, you might not be able to come out with a new brand name, but you might be able to re-visualize re or uh, reproduce an old cigar with a modern twist. Gotcha, gotcha. Because the ingredients don't change. Well, I, I know I'm a little, like I said, I'm concerned about some of the boutiques, but I guess it's kind of going to have to be a wait and see. And, and I like the idea that... Come September, they, the FDA could just say, well, we're just not ready, so we're just not going to screw with it. But um, I, I, there's been a lot of money spent on, on fighting the uh, lawsuits and stuff. So I, I, part of me is wondering if they're going to be willing to throw their hands up with and, and give it all up like that. You, you think know? they're in for a penny and for a pound on it? I, that's my fear, yeah. but I don't know. Well, anyway... Before we now, now Barry, you're along for the ride on this one, so we're going to get into some stupid stuff. But um, feel free okay. to join in. Yeah, I'm all, yeah. I'm all about the stupid. Okay, that's good. So, you're on the right podcast for that. <laughs> all right, so this is Tuesday, so it's time that we go ahead. Is it and ask the boys? Ask the boys. There you go. Every week we answer listener questions, and if you want to get your listener questions in, all you have to do is send us a direct message through Instagram at either the Cigar Pulpit or at Naked Gator, N E K K I D Gator. That's my page, and or you can go over to CigarPulpit.com and use the uh, contact the pulpit page and get those submitted. So we're going to start with a question that was submitted by Logan Pontius, and he wants to know what are your guys' everyday carry cigars? Okay. Well, I I know Barry's already talked about well, he's, his. He's talked about his top five, but like you know, in terms of an everyday like standard smoke, are we in the same five there? Uh, or? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's go with what I've smoked this week, and and you could say I smoked them last week and probably the week before that. Uh, Nesta Miranda Special Selection, uh, two guys house brand Dos Hombres because it helps keep my budget in check because we're talking a three to four dollars cigar. Yeah. Um, and the Nicarag and the Nicaraguan version of that has that Nicaraguan uh, profile that I like. I like uh, Intemperance uh, on a weekly basis over from Romacraft. Uh, I've been smoking a lot of the Aganorsa Leaf Connecticut on a regular basis. Those are probably the stuff that's usually in my shirt pocket at any given time during the course of a week. Fair enough. I'll I'll go with mine and then let Nick finish strong here. Mine will be a little cheaper selections, I'm sure. Um, but I uh, I'll tell you, I picked up a bundle pack from over at Riverman. Yeah, and I always have to ask Nick, Alec Bradley. Thank you. And uh, I've mentioned every other manufacturer with this pack, and it's never the right one. 
But um, that's a really good stick. Um, you know, I tend to go with, uh, like, you know, prior to getting on the show here today, I was smoking a brick house. Um, I always do the, uh, oh, the uh, Perdomos. I like the uh, Lot 23. I like the Factory Tour blend and the Leaf by Oscar. Those are those are some of my go-to sticks. The 1974, obviously, that's a uh, Manuel Casada cigar. And I really like that stick. It's a little pricier for me, so it's maybe not one like, not one that I'm carrying around smoking all the time. It's more of a special occasion cigar. And then, uh, you know, I, I used to smoke the Quorums more. I've kind of gotten away from that as far as like a driving stick, you know, kind of a thing. But, yeah. um, and then, you know, I, I have to mention these guys. And, you know, we, we do have a partnership with them. I'll just for full disclosure. But uh, the Martinez, the... Uh, Forty five series. Yeah. That's one of my favorite sticks and I've really, really come to like that cigar. Um and then as for mine, obviously everybody that listens to the show knows that I'm a big fan of the uh Perdomo tenth anniversary uh Champagne Super Toro. I, I, I do like the six by sixties. I, I also have been really high on the uh Oliva Siri V you really uh, have Maduro yeah. here lately. I've been you know, just I don't know. Uh, I've been hitting that one up a lot. And then um, uh, the uh, Aladino Corojo Reserva. I know um, you guys are all about the Robusto in that size. and Yeah, yeah, we like the Robusto. I've had the Toro, and I've been liking the Toro, too, for what it's worth. I, have, you had the, have, have you had the Corona, the, the number four? No, I have not had the Corona. So they released a thousand boxes of them this year uh, at the end of 2019, and uh, every year they're going to release a limited edition 1,000 boxes of a different size. Uh, I know twoguyscigars.com. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, we're feel getting free. The last, the last. <laughs> I know we're getting the last ten boxes of the number fours uh, available from the from the warehouse. Okay. So, it pays yeah, to know that, people the there. Number four, <laughs> yeah, the number the number four has much more spice, much more pepper, much more of a kick. Uh, the robusto and the toro might be have their flavors more amplified than the corona, but that corona has more of a punch to it. Okay, I'll have to look so, for the corona then. There you go. So obviously a two guys. So um. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can process the order for it. There See, you that's go. Perfect. <laughs> so you touched on. Um, Naked Gardening Day. Yes, I did. So before we get into this next question, do you want to explain to Barry what Naked Gardening Day is? So, so, so Barry, he's caught up. The, the first Saturday in May every year is known as International Naked Gardening Day. And for many years now, probably five or six, I have posted a picture of myself in my garden naked. It's, it's a thing of beauty. Okay. It's highly unsettling. And, 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 and where do you put this picture? Uh, Facebook. I put an Instagram. I, yeah, I put it on Instagram uh, this put, year. He put this year's on Instagram. I, I, I will make sure the first Friday in May every year to unfollow you. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah, it's it's a thing. Now, but now on n- the flip well, no. side, though, you had a lot of people this year actually waiting for the picture. Yes, I waited to post it till about seven thirty, eight o'clock, and people told me they were waiting all day for this picture to pop up. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Well, so. But anyway, yeah, the stay at home, the stay at home was in order. So I had people were desperate for entertainment. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> I had a very strategically placed bag of Happy Frog compost sitting in front of me, so that that you know got me past the explicit tag. Let's put it that way. 
I, I, I'm just glad it wasn't an eggplant that you grew in your garden. <laughs> <laughs> Last year it was a mulch pile, and it was disturbing. The year so. before it was my lettuce, and I was I'd firmly kind of just implanted myself up in the lettuce bed. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Off air, we'll have to tell you who he gave the lettuce to. But <laughs> anyway, um, so Gold Coast Gentleman wants to know if we celebrated Naked Gardening Day together. We did not. And that was absolutely a hard no. No, 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 no. I stay as far away from Jeff's house as possible on Naked Gardening Day. And then Final Third Cigars wants to know if Gator was naked gardening with a little person, who would be in charge of hiding the pickle? <laughs> I don't have any cucumbers growing. Well, the follow-up to that was, is, <laughs> it, you know, is planting cucumbers best in fertile soil or wet areas? <laughs> well, it depends what the outcome you want to be. <laughs> anyway, all right, well, we'll, we'll move on. Sometimes so. you just got to go down the dirt road. So Barbells and Beers has a couple of questions. He's a regular uh, uh, question asker. So he wants to know, what set of items could you buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable. And well, what shop are we at? I don't know if it really matters. He didn't specify that. Um, I, I can go first if you guys would like to. I know exactly you know, what think I'm thinking about of, the... but I don't know if I want to so, okay. say. Well, okay. I'm going to tell a, a, a little brief story from college. And um, so I went out one night with a, uh, with a lady, and um, the night progressed rather well. And so... Okay, we're back at the house that I was living at at the bow, time. Bow, bow. And, um, you know, things started progressing. And I quickly realized I did not have um, proper protection. So I left and I went to Walmart, which was probably like, I mean. But Nick, you can't get a gun the same day at Walmart. That's not, I wasn't looking for a gun, Jeff. But anyway. Oh. So, oh. so um, oh. I go and I'm like, Walking through the store, and I'm like, I can't just buy this. Because this is before the day of the self-checkout line. Self-checkout would have made this so much easier. But but I, I, I didn't, for whatever reason, I'm thinking, I can't just go so up and buy this. did the apartment? Yeah. It was awkward. It, apparently, it was, it, was a, it was a horrible planned out night. for. I didn't think that, anyway, whatever. Did have a sandwich bag laying around the house? Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> and that's why you have multiple <laughs> children. But anyway, so... Anyway, so in my moment of thinking, I need something else to purchase, I'm thinking, what am I out of? What can I buy? What do I need? And I'm thinking, I just ran out of mouthwash this morning. I'll grab some scope. So I went up to the register with a uh, big bottle of scope mouthwash and some condoms. And let me tell you, I realized as I was leaving, boy, that wasn't a good combination of items. No. Nick Nick spent the night with me in a cabin (laughs) once. If you want to make them really nervous, what you're going to do is you're going to buy a, a box of condoms, <laughs> duct tape, yes, gar- garbage bag, <laughs> and a hacksaw. <laughs> the hacksaw adds the uh, yeah, real element. Yes. Very uncomfortable. And I'm speaking from experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nick, Nick, and I spent the night in a cabin once oh. in Giant City State Park. No, 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 no. And well, we did, but it's not like that. Our friend was sharing the other cabin. So she bought earplugs. Nick bought a new pillow, and then you know we had our night. Boy, see, you just 
You make it sound so creepy. And she didn't want to yeah. hear his muffled she bought, screams. She bought new earplugs because she always <laughs> sleeps with earplugs in. She specifically said that. I bought a pillow because I was using the Murphy bed, and that cabin was infested with brown recluse really spiders. Was. And I didn't want to use the pillow that was in the Murphy bed because I knew as soon as my head hit it, all the spiders would just converge upon my head, you know? and <laughs> Something out of a horror movie. And yet you're the one who always turns it into some sort of, like, homoerotic, like... Well, he didn't want to Evil bite down night. on the used pillow at the cabin. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his other was that your was that your answer specifically? Yeah, the the earplugs and a new pillow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the other the other question is, what fact do you wish you have never learned? Now, I know the fact that I wish I never knew. Okay. Was the fact that you bidet and don't use toilet paper? Oh, I use toilet. No, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> No, dude, <laughs> it's unsettling when he comes to your house and he's like, I got to use the restroom. And he comes out and he goes, hey, you know, you might want to get your sink checked. It might be a little loose on the wall now because I had to perch on it like a gargoyle the bidet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I like to be fresh, Barry. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, this is this is a fact I wish I could forget. <laughs> Here at the house, I just come out in the backyard and use the hose. Oh. Almost, you get it too close, it's almost like an enema. <laughs> my God. Oh my God. <laughs> what fact jeff you know because I, I, I hate to say this like i can't think of anything anything you want to know now is at your fingertips on the internet or you can just read facebook and get everything wrong but see <laughs> that's true <laughs> but see there's got to be something that you wish you didn't know that i didn't know yeah, that's that's maybe what he's I, asking. Maybe is, I what fact do you wrong. wish? What fact do you wish you never learned? Oh, there's many facts about Nick. I wish I didn't know. There, there are things etched into the brain I'll never be able to what erase. You, nothing as bad as you bedaying. <laughs> but Barry, how about you? What What do you know that you wish you didn't? The last hour of the show is going to be hard to forget. <laughs> <laughs> you know, truer words. I've heard that from other guests. Truer but, words. Yeah. Uh, well, when when we we you know, for full disclosure, we lost connection a little bit ago, and I actually leaned over to Nick and I said, "I think Barry was done with us." Yeah, <laughs> he got you got to dirt road, and that was the end of that. Yeah, you know? yeah, it blew out right after that. Uh, I was tempted just to close the computer and, and, and move on to something else. Uh, you know, I mean, wouldn't be the first time. I, I don't blame you. So, our final question comes from Shy Towns fifty six, and they want to know who smokes more cigars during a month. Me. Well, I'd say Barry more well, than Barry, all three of Well, Barry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of Nick and I, it's me. Yeah, of the two yeah. of the two of us, it's you. I mean, I I don't know. It depends on the day. On a, on a good day, I might go through like three or four. Well, I have an hour drive to my closest office, and I have a two and a half, nearly three hour drive to my furthest office, and that's one of the things I, I, I like to smoke cigars when I drive, and that's one of the reasons I smoke cheaper is because I smoke more and it can get pricey for me, you know, dry, smoking four or five cigars, driving back and forth from all the offices that can uh, add up quickly. If you're smoking, well, especially like the one we're smoking today, that gets pricey. That's true. Yeah, yeah, this Padron though is a good stick. I do about five to six a day. Uh, in the winter, I don't smoke on Sundays because can't really go out on the back deck. But in the summer, we're talking seven days a week. So you're talking uh, like 150 to 180 cigars in the summer. Oh my god! A yeah. month. Yeah, no wonder you're smoking those. Uh, We've got rookie the, numbers here. Yeah, the three and four dollar. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's one of those things you just can't 
can't afford to be smoking ten dollar sticks every day. Yeah, every now and then, you know, you got to grab the three ninety nine cigar just to keep things functioning. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's this week's Ask the Boys. If you have questions, like I said, send them on over to us through Instagram or the Contact the Pulpit page. So now it's time for my favorite segment. We have our regular guest here. Yeah, we have a guest with us here, Barry. So so we we have a review segment. And in full disclosure here, Barry, uh, we have a gentleman who likes to come on and review the um, uh, machine-made cheap gas station cigars. Okay. And so we're going to have our regular reviewer, Larry the Mute, review the Blackstone Cherry. So, Larry, why don't you take it away? Uh, Barry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. I, I, you know, he, he's a man of few words. But he is. He but you he know what? It. That's the thing. He, he likes a cigar that just leaves you speechless. I'm telling you, he he does this every week, and he gives such great information. And Jeff just shits on his reviews every week. It's the but, you know, stupidest thing he ever. He takes legitimate time out of his schedule to smoke things that I don't want to smoke. It's an but audio podcast. Hey, you know what? He's... He's say, speaking his mind. So, anyway, <sighs> thank you, Larry. Appreciate it as always. See you, brother. Now you know what you're in for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we have a couple of uh, letters here from the mailbag. We uh, have uh, one here from Josh Childers, and he says, Hey, Bishop and Gator. My name is Josh Childers. I live in Russell, Kentucky. I recently started listening to y'all's podcast. I have fallen in love with it. I'm a new cigar smoker and have enjoyed the feedback and laid back style you all offer during the podcast. I feel very comfortable listening and learning at the same time without feeling judged by a cigar snob, if you will. I've been making my way through cigars from Tobacco Special to recently placing an order for some Trinidad and Cohiba. I wanted to take a minute to share the joy you have all brought to my cigar experience. P.S. White gravy is the shit. That's awesome, and yeah. I agree on the white gravy. I make yeah, mine with had, I make mine with squirrels, had, but never had white gravy. Don't even know what the hell you talk about. Oh, dude! Oh, so here's now the we're going down the rabbit yeah. hole. You fr- <sighs> you fry up a nice pan of squirrel. And no, what you, you do? You can use sausage. You could, just, but squirrels you can best. use pork sausage. Just use sausage. Garbage in, garbage out. You want to start with a good quality squirrel. <laughs> so <laughs> what you're doing is you pan fry your squirrel, and when you get done with that, you pan fry it in butter. <clears throat> or your sausage. Yes. Well, I don't want to know about anyway. your sausage, Nick. So <laughs> you fry this up, and when you get done, you take the drippings, you know, all the leavings, the grease and everything, and you put in equal portions of milk and flour. And you stir that together, and you're almost making kind of a roux. And it turns into a gorgeous white gravy that you put that over some, like, freshly mashed potatoes. Or and, biscuits. Or biscuits with some fried squirrel, and I mean, it is a highway. So you haven't had okay. biscuits and gravy? I have. And once you once you mentioned biscuits, I was like, wait a minute. All right, I've had white gravy. Okay, okay. good stuff. Okay, yeah. But no, you need to try it with squirrel. I, I, uh, I'll take a pass on that. I was going to say, I'm taking the pass on that. <laughs> so, um, And then the other uh, letter that we have here is from one of our recent winners, Tedrick Caldwell. 
Tedrick says, thanks so much for the podcast, and I'm still shocked on actually winning. It's funny because I'm sitting here enjoying a cigar and listening to your podcast. I'm a new subscriber, and I've been going back listening to the old podcast. I, I would love listening to you guys and the chemistry uh, you guys have. have really helped me work through this pandemic since we're not able to get to the lounges. It's really funny because while I was listening, I was making comments on your Instagram page, and boom, I hear my name from the giveaway. Again, guys, thanks for the podcast and all you do, and it's great to be part of the congregation. Those were a couple of great letter letters coming I in. I, that's really, and, I mean, that's it's kind of touching. And actually, we're recording this on Thursday night. Tedrick received his cigars in the mail today and put up a very nice picture of the of oh, the prize awesome. pack and everything. So yeah, we want to we want to thanks for or thank you for listening there, Tedrick. So. Now, moving on, I guess this is as good a time as any to go ahead and do our Martinez Cigars weekly giveaway. There you go. So we want to thank Martinez Cigars for sponsoring the giveaway and providing prize packs and everything. And so our winner this week, all they have to do is reach out to me by Monday and shoot me an uh, email just saying I'm the winner and provide me a mailing address. And we'll get those sent over You're to You're going to love these quickly. sticks, whoever wins. And this week's winner is Kevin Welsh. Kevin Welsh. Kevin Welsh. Nice so job. You'll love him, man. Just touch base with us, and we'll get those cigars over to you rapidly. So, Good stuff. Yeah. Now, Nick, why don't you let everybody know how they can reach out to us and uh, sign up for the newsletter so they can be entered in the contest. Yeah, so the way you enter into the contest is you sign up for our weekly, well, not weekly, sign up for our newsletter. And um, once that occasionally you know, comes out, it occasionally comes out. I don't barrage you with with lots of emails. No, sign up for our newsletter. I'm going to sell the list if I ever get it. You don't so get the just list. Full so, disclosure. Um, you go over to cigarpulpit.com. You sign up for the list uh, for the email, and that gets you entered to win the prizes. So as long as you're on the newsletter list, you're entered to win the win the giveaways. So otherwise, you can reach out to us on Instagram again, the Cigar Pulpit, or at Naked Gator, N E K K I D Gator. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and then, I guess, the website. So. It, did we ever get that MySpace running again? Nah, that, no, that's, that's gone. That that's that's doesn't exist anymore? That's, that's gone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. Good stuff. And then uh, we need to point out that our uh, podcast is also sponsored by My Monthly Cigars. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. You get cigars sent to your door every month. They come in a variety of different sizes. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. They also have the Presidente box, which is uh, eight cigars for $50. And they have the MSRP guarantee. So basically, you're guaranteed that all of the sticks in the box, uh, the MSRP is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. What did we add up on the show? Uh, I think it's the, somewhere in the $47, yeah, $48 the, the range. May box is right around 47 Plus bucks a bonus right stick. Now. Exactly. He had that. Well, it's his anniversary box. You know, he's been going for a year, and so he's got the little the little extra bonus cigar in there, and we don't know what it is, so I guess it's like a little contest. To see we may have to have a bonus episode it. to uh, smoke that We one. just might, yeah. so... And if you go over there and use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, that will get you either free shipping on the first box or it'll get you 20% off any of the items in their online store. And right now, through the month of May, all shipments have uh, free shipping. So there you, you, go. Can, you can go on there and get whatever you Plus, need. Plus, we'd be remiss if we don't mention our weight loss challenge that we're doing. And that's true. We are doing a weight loss challenge uh, through the end of May. We, we started in April. Collectively, been... right now, we're down 33 pounds. Exactly. And so... Um, part of that weight loss challenge is we are raising cigars for Cigars for Warriors. We have a goal of 500 cigars that will go to F Cigars for Warriors. Now, 
The easiest way, if you want to contribute to that that cigar drive, you can head on over to My Monthly Cigars. He's set it up to where you can buy one cigar for $5, uh, five cigars for $20, or 15 cigars for $50. And if you use that offer code PULPIT, that'll get you 20% off those cigars. So, um, or yeah, 20% off the So cigar. you're able to donate so you're to able our to warriors. And, and save a little money and, and help us out with our with our cigar drive. We have a goal of 500, and between the two of us, Nick is now into double digits this, well, on the cigars. Doubles, yeah. Double cigars. Yeah, so. double cigars. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing that we want to point out with My I'm Monthly. slacking. I know. You are. You are. So the other thing we want to point out with My Monthly is since this is their anniversary month, they are doing a lot of giveaways this month. They're doing, I think, 12 giveaways for their 12 months. They've done one so far, and, you know, there's more to come. So keep watching their socials and join up on their email newsletter, and you can uh, get in on the fun. Good so, stuff. Yeah. Well, Barry, I mean, now that we've, we're, now, we're wrapping up. But real, right. real quick, I want to point out, Barry, you've been losing a lot of weight yourself. Correct. Uh, prior to COVID, yes. So, well, okay. You know, I mean, it so, has slowed me down as well. So, so, I, first of all, congratulations. I mean, I'm I'm a a man of size of my own, and so it's our 600 it, pound life over it, here. It yeah. is a hard hard <laughs> way to go. But how much are you down? Uh, so prior to COVID, I was down 54 pounds. That's wow. awesome. That's incredible. That's awesome. I think I put six back since COVID started, which mm. isn't as bad because they're saying everybody gained the COVID nineteen or yeah. whatever they were saying. Oh, was, I've been so. hearing the quarantine fifteen. So yeah. okay, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, so um, everything's opening back up here next week to a degree. So uh, I'll probably my wife's going back to work, so I won't come home to those uh, lavishly cooked dinners. <laughs> so uh, it'll go back to uh, dieting. It's good food, but those uh, will get you in trouble. Oh uh, yeah. So so what have you been doing? Have you did you like cut carbs or? Uh, I just started smaller portions, uh, more greens. Yeah. Cut out some of the whites, uh, you know, carbs and what have you. Yeah. Uh, but it was just basically smaller portions. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, I, nice trust job. Me, I, it's not easy. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely something to be commended. So. Thank you. So what I started to say is, now that you've sat through an hour or so of this, <laughs> what are your critiques uh, for us? Oh, God. Your expert opinion here. <laughs> you know what? There's, I, I know you do some post-show editing. Yes. Um, We're not brave enough to go live like you guys do. Yeah. Um, streamline it. Go live. Save yourself that, that, that time in post-production. But other than that, you know, it was like hanging out with a couple of buddies in a cigar lounge. I, I, I really wouldn't change much. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Thank you. No problem. I really appreciate it. How much that. did you pay him to say that? Uh, well, <laughs> the check's in the mail. Yeah, check's <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> well, you guys really do good work over there at the Cigar Authority, and I love listening to you. And it means so much that you were nice enough to come on with us. I really do appreciate it. No, it was my pleasure. I, I appreciate you guys having us on. You know, on behalf of uh, the Cigar Authority, uh, we, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we appreciate the shared audiences that we have. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on. Well, and that's one of the things it, you touched on the shared audiences. That's one of the things that we always say is that, you know, everybody has enough time in the week 
that there's no competition amongst the podcasts and everything like that. I mean, at the end of the day, my listener has plenty of time to listen to us, to listen to you guys, to listen to some of the other shows that are out there. There's no reason for for everyone to get, I mean, maybe a little friendly competition, but but there's no reason to actually legitimately get super competitive about it. Yeah. You know, hey, we're, we're all brothers of the leaf and sisters. We're all working towards the same goal, which is enhancing and, and promoting the cigar industry. So Absolutely. So I, I agree. That's what it's all about, promoting and enhancing the, the, the experience of, of, you know, a two-hour cigar or a one-hour cigar. Or a, is that the COVID? Yeah. Yes, that he's is got the, the COVID. Cr- yeah. He's got the corona. Yep. It just kicked <laughs> you know, in. Sometimes you just don't want to smoke alone. And, 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 you know, you provide the experience not to smoke alone. It's what we all do. I mean, I'll tell you, I've sat on my back deck by myself and just thrown on the cigar authority and kicked back and smoked a couple sticks listening to you guys, you know? So that's exactly it. Yeah, the guys at Cigar Dojo, they got the greatest tagline, if you ask me, never smoke alone. And, and with the podcast community, you, you never do. Yep. That's so. awesome. Well, so, as we as we finish up here, what are your final thoughts on the cigar? I'm down to my nub, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty much done here with this guy for the most part. Um, you know, for the longest time, to me, Padron was the benchmark cigar in the industry. Um, it still is up there in the top five benchmarks of our industry. Um, if you if you ever, if you haven't had a Padron, specifically the anniversary series, be it the twenty six or the sixty four, if you want to experience next level, um, Padron is there. Uh, Davidoff is there. Atabay Byron is there. These are all next level cigars in terms of luxury. Yeah, and uh, eventually you got to find time. Uh, you know, cut out one cigar during your week if it's too much of a purchase for you. Well, and just try the next level. It'll it'll change the way you look at cigars. I couldn't sum it up any Sage better. Advice. Sage so. advice. Well, and like I said, I've really enjoyed the cigar. And I'm not I'm not normally a Padron smoker. And I've really enjoyed this stick. It's had a lot going on. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. Like you know, it's had the cedar, it's had some coffee, it's some chocolate, uh the pepper. I mean, it's, it's very notice the caramel finish, yeah. you know, and I mean, yeah, I mean, lots of notes there. So. Lots of notes. So, no, I like it. That's awesome. Barry, thanks again, man. Seriously, no. Barry, thank you so thank, much for your you time. Guys. It was greatly appreciated, and I'm sure uh, our listeners are going to really thank you for coming on. I appreciate it, guys. You stay safe and stay healthy. Will do. Well, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. And that's, and that's Barry. That's Barry. Stay safe and stay smoky, everybody. <laughs>